Hello everyone, welcome to ESPN Scrum 5, ESPN's weekly podcast review of rugby in the Southern Hemisphere. I'm Andy Withers, joined by Sam Bruce once again. Hello Sam, a little bit like a fireside chat today, just the two of us. Yeah, just the two of us, Andy, great to be back. And uh, you'll be away next week because you're headed north uh, for a bit of work, but among other things, hopefully to see Leicester wrap up the Premier League title. Yeah, how good would that be? I have tickets for Old Trafford. Be watching Chelsea with my uh, Chelsea Everton with my old man in the pub. So um, yeah, good weekend or good two weekends, and uh, obviously as you say, a fair bit of work in between. But um, that's for next week. Let's kick on, Sam. Uh, point one: uh, You have already had a busy morning. Bain down to the uh, ARU function, the launch of their new news website. Uh, Michael Checker was there in attendance, and um, he is unconcerned by the form of the Australian Super Rugby franchises. Yeah, uh, typical check, I guess you'd have to say, Andy. Um, whether he's right or not is another thing. Um, just a disastrous weekend uh, for the Brumbies, who were previously Australia's top team, uh, well beaten for the second time at home by a New Zealand yep. franchise this time the Crusaders after being um, run down well, quite easily by the Chiefs a few weeks ago uh, some injury concerns to come out of that uh, Stephen Moore is in doubt for this week I think, uh, they are heading across the ditch uh, in round 10 to play the Highlanders and uh, Joe Tamani gone yeah. for between 6 and 8 weeks I believe, but um, yes Michael he's certainly not buying into um, well he was asked about the negativity Around Australian rugby, because I think we all we all felt it, and yeah, yeah. you know it was so, sort of somewhat revived after the World Cup, and then the Sydney Sevens that there was a bit of a roll on. Yeah, it's, well, it's certainly not a feeling like that anymore. No, That's... no, I, I'd have to say it's the opposite, and and you've got to put that down to the um, the inefficiencies and the uh, the poor results of the Australian Super Rugby teams. We've got the Rebels on top of the Aussie Conference, but who have they beaten? You know, Waratahs, the Force, uh, the Sunwolves, the Cheetahs. Um, it's hardly a, a, a who's who of the, the competition's heavyweights, is it? So, yeah, look, um, anyway, Czech is defiant as ever. Uh, he's not worried about it. Um, he's not necessarily sure that poor results will turn into poor test form with the uh, with England coming up um, yeah. in June. Um, but, um, yeah, you've got to think that specifically he's got to be a little concerned about the form of some Probably his first choice players in particular. You think so? Yeah, absolutely. And did he have any comments to say about um, the, the lines out of the UK from Michael Liner, the Wallabies legend, uh, who's been well not quoted? He has said that England can can whitewash the Wallabies three 0 Yeah, he did. He was asked about those. Um, probably just folded off in, in typical fashion again. Um, former player, a Wallabies great, and Michael Liner entitled to his opinion. Uh, we all know he resides up in London these days, so <laughs> it's probably getting a feeling of the real um, buoyancy and drive behind English rugby since Eddie Jones took over. Obviously, the Grand Slam, um, Saracens are through to the final of the, uh, yeah, yeah. the European Cup, um, and you know they've they've been some pretty decent results for them over there. And they sort of, you know, Eddie Jones has brought in some new faces and revived a bit of bit of old blood as well. Um, so there's a, there's a real kind of lift and you know a bit of a drive that they're coming down here. They they want to win the series and and you know Noddy thinks yeah certainly they'll be a great shot for that first test when perhaps the Wallabies will be a little bit underdone. Yeah. Um, they get that one on the board, go to Melbourne and you get a win. Then it's pretty tough for the Wallabies to pick themselves up from there. So yeah, why not? And it, it's all adding to the theatre, isn't it? I think everyone you know while we're feeling a bit of negative negativity down here. Um, 
everyone's really looking forward to that series. Yeah, it's, it's certainly it's going to be a, a, a well. We hope it's going to be a great series, and um, yeah, really looking forward to the Checker and uh, and Eddie Jones byplay. But um, enough about your breakfast meetings with uh, <laughs> with Michael Checker this morning. Um, let's have it. Let, let's chat about the Rebels because it's the first time they have been on top of the Australian Conference. Um, although it has to be said, when you look at the ladders, I believe they have 21 points. Um, that's not particularly good when you look at the conferences in New Zealand and also in South Africa. Um, and that just comes out a couple of weeks after. We we weren't particularly complimentary of them when they were absolutely dusted up by the Hurricanes just recently. Um, does that say a lot about Australian rugby that they're top? It does, Andy. Yeah, it shows... They're, uh, we're in quite a bit of a hole at the moment. Um, you mentioned, I think, 21 points the Rebels are on. Well, the Highlanders in New Zealand are fourth, and they're on They're on 23. Um, they've had two heavy home defeats to the Highlanders and the Hurricanes. Um, they got the Cheetahs last week, having coming off a massive win over the Sunwolves, the Cheetahs, uh, first game down in Australia for the tour. Uh, so that, you know, you, you, what do you make of that victory? Well, well probably not much at all. Um, you, you really would have hoped that they would have won that as convincingly as they did, and probably you know maybe a little more so, um, and they head across the Tasman to play the Blues this week. So I think that'll be a really good test um, to see where they where they're at, and you know whether they're you know might just um, if they can continue to hold this spot in the Aussie Conference, then obviously they'll get that uh, automatic place into the playoffs. But um, if they keep losing to New Zealand opposition, um, then you can't think that they'd be. Uh, doing anything but making up the numbers. So, yeah, probably um, let's see how they go this week against the Blues, a slightly undermanned Blues team now that's that's lost Rennie Ranger for the season. Um, And a couple of other guys maybe going back to the sevens. I think the Ioani brothers have only got a couple of weeks left maybe or uh, maybe just this round before they head back. Um, So, yeah, the Rebels, look, they're on top of the Aussie Conference, but um, I think, you know, that, uh, as we said, that's not really saying uh, much at all. Yeah, but uh, in saying that, let's... Let's sing the praises. They are top, so they've uh, they've been doing that and on top for the first time in their history. Um, let's not just bash, bash the Australian teams. It's it's pretty easy at the moment, but let's let's talk about the Crusaders. Um, much as the Brumbies were a little disappointing, if not a lot disappointing, in 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 their defeat by the Crusaders, um, the Crusaders have now won seven straight. Um, and we really didn't see this coming when Richie McCaw left last season, when Dan Carter left, when all the other big names players that they have. Um, they've really remade themselves and, and they're looking quite the team. They are, Andy, yeah. Um, seven wins in a row in Super Rugby is you know, a pretty impressive feat. Um, they've proven they've won away from home in South Africa. Um, they've now won in Australia, um, won at home against some good opposition. So... Yeah, look, they're um, they're really flying, and um, I think the interesting thing is that we all kind of thought that, as you mentioned, this these great holes that were going to be left in their squad, you know, haven't really been an issue at all. And maybe we look back to last season when they did miss the playoffs for the first time since 2002. Admittedly, they finished with more points than the Stormers, who got the automatic spot in South Africa. But um, you know, maybe that did become a distraction for them yeah. for last year. It, it became a became a farewell 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 tour of sorts really didn't it everywhere they went and um you know i remember their last game was in canberra when they they beat the brumbies yep. as well and that was you know a bit of a side show they won that game but you know probably that that took a lot out of the 
out of the squad, I think. Um, I spoke to Jordan Taufua last week, uh, the back grower, who's playing some great the rugby. The Energizer. The Energizer, playing some great rugby this year. And he said that they, the moment that was done, that final game, they really compartmentalised that and left the Dan Carter and Richie McCall sideshow mm-hmm. in 2015. It was great players that they were and done so much for the franchise and, you know, four titles in the time that they were there together. Um, you know, that was, um, they put that in a box and said, right, that's done. Let's look to next year. Got their All Blacks back from the World Cup progressively and just really, you know, hit the ground running uh, this season after a first up loss to the Chiefs. So, yeah, um, they've got their South African tour behind them. Um, they've probably got a few uh, New Zealand derbies to come. I know they've got the Reds and the Waratahs uh, in New Zealand within the next three weeks. Um, so you put them down for two more weeks there. The way things are going, um, and if they can pick up, you know, half of their NZ derbies on the run in, then you've got to think that they're going to be in the playoffs, and they're they're going to be a, a really tough team to beat. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And how much of a concern will they, this game? I mean, Stephen Larkham, he's kind of said we won the set pieces and we won the multi-phase play, whatever that means. Um, how concerned should he be now that in, in you know successive? We, we sang their praises last week that, that they'd beaten the Waratahs and that was a good win and, and, and so on and so forth with, with, with Brett. Um, how concerned should they be, though, that this defeat on the back of their previous home game against uh, the Chiefs, they have just been shellacked by New Zealand opposition and then this game has come with a whole heap, a whole heap of handling errors, of errors and... They're just not the same team without David Pocock in it, are they? No, well, that's the big one. Uh, and he returns this week after that suspension um, for that neck roll. Yeah, he, he's got to be massively concerned. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, to have two defeats of that magnitude at home, you know, where they're yeah. incredibly tough to beat down in Canberra, um, especially this time of year when it's getting a little bit cooler. <laughs> um, yeah, look, uh, they've they've got a virtual, you know, test quality Lineup. Um, they've got Wallabies littered throughout the squad, um, and it was interesting to note that um, just dropping back to the Australia-New Zealand comparison briefly, that um, there was a part or a team listed in the New Zealand Herald last week, and only Scott Seo, um, an ANZAC team, a current ANZAC team on form, only Scott Seo from an Australian perspective made that team. So I think that's a pretty fair re- reflection, and and certainly the Brumbies, you know, they're um, they've got um, you know the forwards there, they've got Carter and Fardy and. Um, Pocock, as we mentioned, and Stephen Moore, the Wallaby skipper. Um, the backs, they recruited Thomas Cabelli to come in and plug that hole at number nine and two quality inside backs in Tamura and Lee Lafano. Yeah, the, yeah. the Wallabies outside at, at 13. And, and Joe Tamani, who probably has been the, the other form Wallabies uh, player yeah. of the Super Rugby season so far. So, yeah, what's what can you say is going wrong? And if Stephen Larkham reckons they won the, um, the multi-phase play, as you say, and the set piece, then... You know, where, where, where are things really falling apart there and falling apart so badly that you get beaten by, you know, 25 to 30 points? Yeah, and it, it, it does seem strange that we, you know, we think back to round one as to, to how slick and how good they were against against the Hurricanes in that. Um, does it just show the, the fact that, the, you know, the, the, this loss as well has, has come without David Pocock? Does it just show his absolute importance to that team as a player and as a man and as a leader? Certainly, yeah. I, I think his um, his value to that squad is you know is widely known and and can't be uh, underrated, underestimated when he's when he's not there. He's the he's the driving you know director behind their rolling more, which has been so successful the last couple of seasons. Um, we all know about his breakdown threat that there's no better man over the ball 
uh, in the game across the world. So, yeah, and, and I guess you, you take... He's a guy that um, players follow as well. His teammates yeah. follow. Um, so, yeah, you, you'd certainly be looking for a big upturn in their performance this week uh, across in Invercargill uh, against the Hollanders on Saturday afternoon. Um, and if they don't get that from him, then, you know what, you may as well put a line through the Brumbies as well. Yeah, well, there's a, there's a big call. Um, let's talk about the Highlanders. Um, they're now two consecutive losses either side of the bye. Um, Jamie Joseph, their, their coach, was, was talking ahead of the game against the Sharks of having needed to give his players a kick up the buns, which was a, a phrase that caused a little merriment in the office. But um, are they, they just don't seem to be quite the team that they were last year. Um, they're obviously, you know, they're, they're fourth in, in the New Zealand conference, although, as we've mentioned, 24 points, so still, you know, quite healthily better than the, the top-placed Australian team. Um, still early doors, obviously, in the season. It's only halfway through, but they're not quite the same team as they were last year, I don't think. No, no, they're, they're off a fraction. I don't, I don't think they're too far away, to be honest. Um... Obviously, against the Reds a few weeks ago in Brisbane, it was the handling that mm-hmm. let them down, which was you know probably one of the worst handling performances of any team all ever. season <laughs> ever. You'd have to say. Um, and then last week they lost Jason Emery early for that um, that dangerous hit on, on sure, Elmerly yeah. Larue, which left them a man down for for sixty odd minutes. So you know playing with fourteen men for for that long a period is, is going to test you, and they almost got the job done. Yeah. Um, but in saying that too, I, I think you know they're probably feeling that little bit of um, of the cycle that goes around when you're a championship team, and I think we saw it with the Waratahs last year that the teams probably just started to work out, you know, how um, how they go about things, and and while they're a very adaptable team, as we've seen, um, they probably just worked out, you know, paying a little bit more attention to, to Aaron Smith. You know, I think we all we all recognise what a wonderful sniper he is around the rucks and. And everything. I don't think he's probably having the impact that he did last year. Um, ben Smith has sort of had a couple of knocks that probably yeah, taken yeah. a little bit out of him. Um, and I think Malachi Fekatoa also has probably not come on at the same level he did in those last two years. Um, so yeah, and, and and as Jamie said last week that he, he probably did have to give a few guys a, a kick up the buns and and um, you know they're not playing this week and, and that'll be sore for them. But um, you know that's what they need and. And certainly, um, you know, it adds to this game against the Brumbies this week. Yeah, I think as well, we, we probably can't overestimate the, the loss of um, Nasi Manu as well. Oh, absolutely. The, the, sort of the spiritual leader uh, of the team. And um, obviously, he's now over in Europe. And um, you don't, you, you, you can't replace characters like that. They're, um, you know, you can replace the player, but you can't replace the man. Um, we, we've talked about, about the, the, the Highlanders there. Um the Waratahs have been a team, well, I don't know what what they are, whether they're in flux or they've been a little bit disappointing and they've not really, their handling skills have, have been off, but certainly there were elements of everything that came together for them against the Force last week, although it probably does have to be the caveat that it was the Force. Um, where are they at? That was a more impressive performance, though, I think, last week against the Force. Oh, it was, and the big thing was they held the ball. You know, I, I, simple game, really. It, it is it? a simple game. Um, it's rugby 101. You, you hold the ball, you hold your passes. Um, the skill execution was certainly much better. Um, and you know what? What do they score? Six or seven tries, uh, and some really nice tries in there as well. Um, look, they're. Um, but as you said, that's the Western Force, and 
um, rooted somewhere down near the bottom of the table, maybe only just ahead of the the Kings or the Sunwolves, if that. Um, and they've got some some massive issues of their own. But um, yeah, they look they head on to South Africa this week to to face the Stormers, and, and that's obviously a, a huge step up in in quality of opposition and. Um, if they uh, if they can build on their performance last week, I think you know then then they may be starting to turn the corner. But um, I'm sure they won't be getting too carried away with yeah. with what they did last week. But there were certainly some positive signs in, in what they were doing. And I think you know some just some individual performances as well. I thought Nick Phipps' um, pass was finding the mark a lot more than it had been in the first uh, part of the competition. Um, I thought they got more value out of their back row. Jed Holiday Holloway was very good again. Um, I think Will Skelton, he got a kick in, kick in the buns uh, since we're, yes. we're using that terminology and was sent back to, to shoot shield. And, and now looks to me actually be getting the ball on the run and actually coming into the line rather than getting it standing still and then falling through. Um, so, yeah, some improvements in some individual efforts there have been key. Uh, but, yeah, as we said, I don't think they'll be getting carried away and, and certainly they'll need to go up on that performance again I'd say significantly if they're going to uh, beat the Storms in Cape Town this weekend. Yeah, yeah it was interesting as well post game that, that, that Daryl Gibson had spoke of how the way they changed their tactics for the game and they'd probably been out thought and hadn't played smart enough in, in the previous games against the force and he, he concentrated their, their thoughts on playing a territory game that you know established some pressure by old-fashioned values of play the ball in the other end of the the field, which is pretty interesting. Um, Sam, we're going to finish today with a look at the force. Um, I mean, it it seems quite easy to to knock them. I guess one of the issues we've got is that they spoke early in this season of trying to play a more adventurous brand of football, and they excused themselves a couple of defeats and skill execution errors because it was a new brand of football. Well, they've just reverted back to type. Um, they're just as, as woeful to watch as ever they have been at their, their worst in, in this basic uh, this basic football that, that they play. The back row probably isn't where it has been, and they've still got the great players. I personally think that um, Matt Hodgson, wonderful player and wonderful servant that he is, is just beginning to look a little bit old. Um, and really interesting in 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 the thoughts in your thoughts that after the game, Michael Foley he's he's come out and say he still has the trust of the players, which to me suggests it's I don't know he's answering a question, but will that have been discussed over in the fourth? I think it, it has to have been, Andy. Uh, three wins last year, two of which ironically came against the Waratahs, um, and one against the Rebels. Um, and look, as you said, they um, they came into this season. Yeah, we're going to really evolve how we play the game and try and play an attractive brand of rugby where, you know, that's focused on attacking. Um, put simply, I just don't think they've got the players to do that. Um, and this goes back to just the uh, the extension of the playing numbers across Australia and the debate as to whether, you know, we've got enough um, cattle to field yeah, five yeah. teams. Um, I think, um, you know, they, they, they just don't purely just don't have the... the players with the capabilities to carry out that game plan. Uh, you look, going out and getting Peter Grant, who's been you know, a veteran, you know, number 10 uh, in Super Rugby for some time, uh, and getting him to spearhead your, your attacking game plan. Admittedly, they lost John O'Lance, who, who did look reasonably um, competent in that number 10 role earlier in the season. That hasn't helped. Um, but you have to wonder about 
you know, the expansion of, you know, we, we want to expand the game to give more opportunities to more Australian players. And the Western Force, are, they're great at bringing the South African players in. And Sir Everson was their number 10. He's gone back to South Africa. I know we'll replace him with another South African. That's that's not doing any favours to Australian rugby. No, no. And there's been others. Um, a couple of Kiwis been there over the years. Um, look, it's, uh, it's some serious questions have got to be asked. And you look at Michael Foley. He had that good season when they had seven or, or eight wins, I mm-hmm. think it was, and, and finished about eighth, just missed the playoffs. Um, but um, before that, I think he had four wins in his one season at the Waratahs and, and three last year. So... Yeah, uh, he's contracted through to the end of next season, if you can believe it, whether he survives that long. And, and who knows, are the force going to survive that long? We we keep hearing rumours that um, you know there's a concerted push, not just from a business perspective and a, and a private consortium out in the west of Sydney, but actually someone coming from within the ARU that um, they're, uh, they're keen to, to relocate the force to, to western Sydney. Um, is that the right call? It's a tough one, isn't it? Um, I guess if you do that, then you're admitting that that plan has failed. Yep. Um, and you're removing your chances of... of and you're certainly going to disillusion a, a pretty abs- absolutely fan base. I yeah, agree. and, and that's one thing that you've got to hand it to the force, that their fans are you know turn up every week. And, you know, I've been a rugby player, a fan, supporter all my life. Um, if I'd had to go and watch that week in, week out, then I'd, I'd be going and watching the Perth Glory or... Uh, <laughs> whatever AFL teams the Eagles and the and the Dockers over there who are just probably good for the force the Dockers are, are still winless <laughs> this year in the AFL so yeah look there's some decisions to be made there is there is the idea that you know we start to offer incentives to players to go west um, do we have a centralised system and do we bring in a draft so the, the top talent yeah. you know isn't getting remaining in New Zealand and that's Wales something and, that, that and Tom Carter Ab- spoke of on Scrum 5 a, a few weeks back absolutely so um, I guess the question is, is, are these debates being held, you know, at the top level? Um, and that's something that I think we'd, uh, we'd all like to know. Um, I guess one point, just uh, a young fella, Harry Scoble, came off the bench. Yep. Um, a Perth player who's come through the ranks and made his debut. So, yeah, uh, that's certainly a push for, for keeping the force over there. And, and I think, you know, their first grade competition there is quite strong. And, and we do know there's quite a few expats there from South Africa and and uh, the UK as well, who are big rugby fans. So, yeah, look, uh, there's arguments in both camps. Um, certainly, I think we'd all like to see the force playing attractive rugby and and playing, you know, and, and getting some wins. But um, at the moment, they just simply just don't have the, the playing personnel to be able to, A, play that attacking brand of football, uh, and B, which will get them those wins. Yeah, before we finish, I'll, I'll just read out the, the quotes that um, Michael Foley gave, which I, I thought are really, really interesting. That um, the, expect- the expectations we put on ourselves may have been too great. We've got to shake that. We've got to reset the bar. You set goals to make finals. You set your goals to win championships. And when those opportunities start to leak away, you tend to get disappointed. So for us, it's about showing the spirit we know the team has. It's just kind of interesting that it's almost an admission there that we need to reset and just consider ourselves mid-table team. And if we do better than that, we've overachieved, which is I'm not sure that's necessarily the message you really want to be giving to your players and to your fans and to everyone else in Australian rugby. But um, certainly be interested to, to see how that story plays out. And Sam, I think we would um, we'd love to extend an invite to um, Mr Bill Bulver. 
at the AIE if you would like to join us on Scrum 5 to um, tell us if these discussions are being held at the uh, the top table. But um, we hope to get Mr Paul Veron sometime soon, you never know. Sam, that's all we have time for this week. And thank you for your time for listening. ESPN.com forward slash rugby for all your rugby news of all the stories around the world. We look forward to bringing you ESPN Scrum 5 again next week. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.